Welcome back, Padawans, to episode 15 of the JMR Podcast, your one and only Star Wars-themed gaming podcast. I'm your host, Jelani, a.k.a. Jedi Master Ren, and I'm going to take you all on a trip to a galaxy far, far away. On tonight's journey, we'll be discussing my thoughts on the games that were announced for the new PlayStation Plus subscription, how well LEGO Star Wars has been doing in sales, as well as how well Xbox has been doing in sales over in Japan. As I say every week, guys, if you're liking what I'm doing here, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It'll help the show reach more Padawans and get the show out there to more folks. Um, you can also find the show on Twitter at the JMR Podcast. Uh, you can follow the show there just to get any updates that I might have um, going forward with the show. As well, you can send in a hologram message there so you can be featured on the show if you would like. But let's jump to hyperspace. Okay, so now that we are safely in light speed, I want to first touch on my Jedi trainings for the week. So, as you guys know, as I said last week, I have been jumping back into Dying Light 2. So, I played a bunch of it over this last week. I've been kind of touching here and there, and we'll touch on the other game that I've been playing this last week. But, um, I've been chipping away, you know, trying to get closer and closer to the end game. And I've been focusing. I've been, uh, you know, doing my main line. I've been doing the story missions. Um, I've been kind of, you know, going off the beaten path here and there to kind of try and go unlock some of the um, the different uh, safe houses just because you can never have too many safe houses. I find myself, I the way I play the game, I do not like to go out at night at all. That's not, that's not my cup of tea because, you know, you can get chased and there's all kinds of different, more powerful zombies that are out there. It's just, I don't care for it. And then obviously too, there's the timer thing, which I have upgraded it. So it's not a big deal. I have probably about seven to eight minutes of time before, you know, I actually do turn because of the darkness. That's a mechanic that they have in the game. But um, either way, I always, I just don't like to be out at night very often. So there, there's a bunch of side missions. I really got to get over that because there's a bunch of side missions that involve you going out at night. So at some point, it, you know, once I get farther in, obviously, because I am going to go back and do the side missions after I beat the game, obviously. But um, I'm going to have to get over that so I can get these done because I do want to see, you know, these other side quests that they have because they have been pretty engaging, at least from what I have, um, the little, the few that I've played, um, you know, towards the beginning of my playthrough. But um, you know, I, I still, I'm, I'm really enjoying the game. I still am really enjoying it. Like I, I had to get back to old Villador. So there's two areas. There's a old Villador and then there's, um, I believe, I don't, I think it's just Villador. I'm not, I, I'm not hundred percent sure what the big city is, but there's the big city and then there's old Villador and old Villador is where you start in. And then you get, you move over to the big city. I didn't realize that you could just go back and forth between the two areas willy-nilly whenever you feel like. I had to figure out how to get back over there for a story mission and by myself. And I did. And now it's like, oh my gosh. Like, I didn't realize that I literally just had access to that other place. Like, I just had to get there. And it is a trek to get there. It's not like it's something, like, super easy. But it's doable. You can do it. And, like, I mean, I did. So it's it's really cool that the, how interconnected everything is, the map is, in that sense. Um, but I did get to the, you know, the point of no return, basically a message popped up. I was about to do, go into and do, um, start a mission. And it's like, Hey, listen, this is, uh, you make sure that you've got everything done that you need to, because this is the last it, this is the epilogue. And like, all right, well, I think this is a good time to, you know, kind of stop the playthrough right now. I'll probably get back to it tomorrow night after work. Hopefully I, I'll have to see if I've got enough time, but cause I don't know exactly how long, you know, it's going to take from, that point 
to you know to roll credits so that's the the real kicker if it's like you know three hours then who i don't know if i'm gonna have three hours after work to do that but um it just depends either way i i have really been enjoying myself with the game and going back to it and you know picking it back up but um the other game that i've been uh playing this week as well is uh wwe 2k22 i've really been getting back into wwe man because i'm telling you guys this game this game here is something special it really is like you know it again it gives me that nostalgic feeling you know of uh, those smackdown versus raw games and i don't know who said it but I, it might have been um the guys that kind of funny but when i heard that it did like feel like those games where it kind of is you know the the controls are more tight and, it, and it, when i say more tight it's just they make more sense like i feel like my wife could pick this game up and i've told her this that she could pick this game up and start playing it and understand it and pull off some of these like really crazy moves you know fairly easily and again it does take time to master and it takes time to understand what you're doing but it can be done with you know you can hand somebody a controller and they can still you know toss you around the ring a little bit so it's it's pretty fun to um be able to have a game that is again good for the people who are onboarding as well as people who want to really dive in and get you know deeper into the combat of it but it's not even that it's just like the the different modes that they've got like this game is just it's awesome whether it's my rise whether i'm doing the because obviously my rise is where you're 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 playing your character your created character and you're running them through the ranks of either raw nxt smackdown um and then there is the wwe universe mode and that's the mode that i kind of just started um not too long ago where you basically are in control of the the wwe universe and you can edit any match that you see fit each week that either raw smackdown nxt and then the pay-per-view at the end of the month so how this works is basically you are editing these matches and you're creating your own WWE universe with the tools that the game gives you. So it's not like the GM mode where you like the whole point of it is you making these matches. So you are creating all of the matches that are and you're supposed to make sure that they're going to have the eyes on it and the traction that is necessary. It's not like that. You are just what what do you want to see in the WWE universe basically? This is your universe, so you can make it happen. So when I first got in, I was at the beginning of May, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Money in the Bank was the pay-per-view at the end of the month. So I was like, okay. I went and checked to see who's the champion for uh, the two champions. Obviously, Roman Reigns is the Universal Champion. And then um, Brock Lesnar was the WWE Champion. I was like, okay. I want The Rock to be the WWE Champion. Because obviously, Roman Reigns is... Uh, the cousin of The Rock, and I'm thinking I want to have all of the Samoan family having gold. So if The Rock is fighting, I want him to have gold and he, him stand alongside his cousins, the Usos and Roman Reigns. So that's that. Again, this is all in my head. The game's not doing this. There's no storyline that is gonna you know have this happen. It's all in my head. This is what I want you know in my WWE universe. So I started this off. We're gonna we have The Rock on the first week. We, I had him fight the third contender, the number three contender for the WWE Championship, and show his dominance to show that he should have a shot. The next week, he fought the second one. The third, the th uh, oh wait, no, I believe it was the fourth one in uh, the first week because there was still a week during the week of in uh, of uh, Money in the Bank that he also fought somebody. But either way, first four contenders each week leading up to Money in the Bank, and then at Money in the Bank. 
whoever was fighting, whoever was fighting Brock Lesnar, I put The Rock in as a triple threat match. So now it turned into a triple threat ladder match. And uh, that was the match that I had for the championship match. And it's, I don't even think it was a championship match. It wasn't. I had to make it a championship match, which was ridiculous. Either way, made it a championship match, a championship triple threat tie, uh, ladder match. And walked out on top with The Rock. So The Rock is now the WWE champion in my universe. And I, as I was going through the editing process of that match, I noticed that the one of the characters, the characters, one of the superstars in the um, eight-man Money in the Bank match was John Cena. And I was like, man, you know what would be really cool? If I took control of John Cena, won the Money in the Bank, and then used the Money in the Bank to start a feud with or use that win to start a feud with the rock so that he can get and then they are going to fight for the title so we're bringing it back to that awesome feud that happened i believe it was 2014 between the rock and john cena when the rock came back that's what i'm going to try to recreate in my universe and i always i told my wife when i was doing this i was like look if i win cool because i don't know if you guys have done a money in the bank match in one of these wrestling matches or, or wrestling games but dear god these money in the bank matches are tense they are super tense, like butt-clenching tense. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was crazy. I mean, and this was eight-man. I'm used to a six-man Money in the Bank match, man. Eight men? Oh, my gosh. It was so grueling. So grueling. And, I mean, every Money in the Bank match is, but adding two extra guys, dear God, man, it was it was tough. It was really tough. But that's the, that's the whole thing. Like, I felt like I was there when I finally won it. I mean, I was so pumped. I literally was. I mean, like, I, I screamed and I did, I did, um, what's his name? I did John Cena's victory taunt. I did that. So, either way, I absolutely adore WWE. So much so, guys. And this is why I'm saying this. And, like, the, why I say this game is a gem. It did exactly what was intended. I have started watching WWE. I... I never used to watch it, you know, when I was younger. I did. My, my buddy would try to get me Brandon. He would try to get me to watch it. I would watch it here and there, but I'd never watch it on my own. It would only be when I'm at his house, and it's really just because he's watching it, you know, and he wanted me to, and sometimes I would, sometimes I really wouldn't. But this is the first time where I'm actually, like, watching. Like, I'm on YouTube watching clips, watching YouTubers who are making wrestling content, who are, like, giving out, like, like all kinds of different top ten lists, um backstories of different wrestlers, docu-series for different wrestlers and stuff like that. Like, I love hearing realistically, like, the background of these guys and to find out that they, you know, they actually are just re regular dudes, you know what I mean? Like, when you've heard so much that going back and forth that these, you know, these guys are, these guys are fake, these guys are real, they're really doing this, they're not. And again, this is mostly from my friend Brandon going back and forth. But still, it's, you know, you, you start to forget that, yeah, like, these are guys that's doing... They're just doing characters, you know what I mean? Like, seeing uh, Undertaker for the first time, like, you know, just being himself, I was blown away. I was like, dude, this is wild. This is a trip. This is crazy. I like this, though. I really like it. Like, and I think that was what drew my fascination, because I found that video of him just having an, uh, uh, an interview with somebody after he retired. I saw that before 2k22 came out so i think that was the start that was like the spark of like of my in of you know my new interest in the wwe is hearing him just you know talk about his time and talking about how it was for him and then you know seeing all of the, how, what it is now and what it's become today and how some of the same superstars that i that like i do back in the smackdown versus raw games still wrestling today like they've been doing this for years decades 
decades. Like, it's crazy. It's super crazy. So, either way, let's start unpacking some of our holocrons that we have for the night, guys. So, um, first up, I wanted to discuss the new games that were announced on the or for the new PlayStation service. So, this dropped on May 16th this week. So, we go to the PlayStation blog. And this is a, mar a write up from Nick McGuire. He's the vice president of services, global sales, and business operations over at SIE. We're not going to read the whole thing, but I do want to touch on the games list and some of the different pointers, uh, points that they, um, that they give throughout this blog. But um, the first point that I want to touch on, which are the monthly games, because they did spay and they did specify that we are getting monthly games and that isn't going to change. So exactly what you have now isn't going to change. But they, he, he writes... In any PlayStation Plus plan you choose, you'll get the same benefits that are currently available today for PlayStation Plus members. He says, we have yet to announce the monthly games for June, but stay tuned, obviously, to the PS Blog. So, right there, we know we're safe with at least, you know, our regular PS Plus offerings, which was something that was a little bit of a concern for me. Because, obviously, we're combining these services, and it seems like, I mean, obviously, this is a big move, and this is a big, not a big marketing move, but this is a big move and we're adding uh, a lot of things are shifting and i just wanted to make sure that the the standard of playstation plus wasn't going to be affected which is you're still going to get two games to add to your personal library your personal library again obviously you have to have ps plus enabled you have to be paying on your subscription in order to access those games but they still are on your personal library, which means that you can download them willy-nilly. Now, it does unfortunately seem like, not unfortunately, but it does seem like you can download a lot of these other games, like the other PS4 and PS5 games, which are the games that are being offered in the PS Plus, you know, subscription now. So one would say, well, it seems like that is the exact same thing, like this PS Plus tier subscription, all these games you can download. So it just seems like they're just going to keep adding them. But Either way, at least it, we are still going to be receiving these monthly games. And then each tier is going to be receiving certain benefits as well. So we're going to get into that here. But they start to go over the PS4 and the PS5 game catalog. That's going to be coming to the extra and the premium uh, version of PlayStation Plus. So he says, we are focused on adding high quality titles into the PlayStation Plus service for players to enjoy. I'm pleased to share a selection of the content that will be available for PlayStation Plus extra and premium plans. So PlayStation.com will be updated with the game list when it launches in your region. So, um, the PlayStation Studio games that we have here, we've got Alienation, Bloodborne, Concrete Genie, Days Gone, Dead Nation Apocalypse Edition, Death Stranding, and Death Stranding Director's Cut. That's cool. Uh, Demon Souls, Destruction All-Stars, uh, Everybody's Golf, Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, God of War, Gravity Rush 2 and Gravity Rush Remastered, Horizon Zero Dawn, Infamous First Light, Infamous Second Sun, Knack, Little Planet 3, Loco Roco Remastered, Loco Roco 2 Remastered, Marvel Spider-Man, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Matterfall, Medieval, Patapon Remastered and Patapon 2 Remastered, Resogun, Returnal, Shadow of the Colossus, Tearaway Unfolded, The Last Guardian, The Last of Us Remastered, The Last of Us Left Behind, Until Dawn, Uncharted The Nathan Drake Collection, Uncharted 4 A Thief's End, Uncharted The Lost Legacy, and Wipeout Omega Collection. So, those are just the PlayStation Studio games that are going to be added. So, realistically, the list is the list is good. The list is, you know, it's good. But I do question the length of the list. We do have some PS5 games on here, so that's awesome. Um, you know, one game for sure, for sure, that I will be checking out is Demon's Souls. 
100%. I have not bought that game. I have not really felt the need to because I'm still trying to find and muster up the courage to get Elden Ring. So I have not obviously mustered up the courage to get Demon Souls, but the fact that it's going to be in this service, oh, that excites me. That's the one game on this list that excites me because it's one that I can try. You know what I'm saying? Because realistically, most of this list here, I either own most of these games or they're just not for me. So like Returnal, I have Returnal. Uh, not unfortunately for me. I do. I honestly was thinking about going back to it to try to see if I can, you know, if I can get through, at least get past the first level. That's really where I'm at with it. Um, but Matterfall, I might try that one. Um, realistically, uh, Infamous Sec Infamous First Light, that might be one that I do check out too, because that's one that I kind of have been thinking about getting. The It's an expansion to um, Infamous Second Son. That's one that I've thought about getting as a standalone, so that's why it's separate. But um, I've thought about getting it like on sale multiple years, but just never pulled the trigger. So I'll probably try that one out too, just to see how that plays and how that is. Because you get to play as um, the female character who um, your character meets in the first game. You get to play as her and you see her backstory, so that's pretty cool. Um, but I never, haven't tried Gravity Rush 2 either, so I might try that one out. But again, these are all games that I'm just like, ah, yeah, like I might try it out again just because it's on the service, but it just depends. You know, I have to, I have to see really, you know, how these games are and how much time I really have. But the games that I'm like, again, I know that I'm going to try out Demon Souls 100%, like 100% off of this list, Demon Souls. Um, but again, all these other games, half of them I do own, half of them I've already touched and I've already played. So that's where I'm just like, you know, this list is amazing to some people, and it still is amazing to me in the fact that we're getting all of this. You know, we're getting all of these first-party games on here day and date. Not day and date, I apologize, but, you know, at launch. And so that right there is, you know, it's good. But I'm more excited to see where we go from here, obviously. I'm more excited to see what happens down the road in the future um, with at least the PlayStation Studio games. But... We get on to the third-party games that are going to be um, given to us at launch, at least right now. Again, this list will be updated as we get closer and closer. But we have Ashen, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Batman Arkham Knight, Celeste, City Skylines, Control Ultimate Edition, Dead Cells, Far Cry 3 Remaster, Far Cry 4, Final Fantasy 15 Royal Edition, For Honor, Hollow Knight, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Mortal Kombat 11, Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 4, NBA 2K22, Outer Wilds, Red Dead Redemption 2, uh, Resident Evil, Soul Calibur 6, South Park, The Fractured Butthole, The Artful Escape, The Crew 2, and Tom Clancy's The Division. So, now, you might be asking here, uh, you know, we, we saw a bunch of Ubisoft games on here, right? Like, I, I mean, that, at least that's what I saw when I, when I started, I started, started, I started seeing all the stars after these names, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, like, Valhalla, PS5 game, and PS4, obviously, but still PS5 game on there from Ubisoft, cool, cool, Far Cry 3 remastered, Far Cry 4, For Honor, okay, like, we're getting a bunch, The Crew 2, Tom Clancy's The Division, all right, but right after this dropped, we got news about Ubisoft Plus coming to PlayStation. So I'm pulling this from Britney, or from, this is directly from Ubisoft.com, but this is from Brittany Sperlin. This is on May 16th as well. It says, Ubisoft Plus will come to PlayStation in the future, bringing access to more than 100 titles, additional content packs, and rewards to the platform. The subscription service is currently available on PC, Stadia, and Amazon Luna. 
offering players day one releases, classic games, and premium editions, and ultimately will be available on PlayStation and Xbox. Ubisoft also revealed that beginning May 24th, it will launch a new Ubisoft Plus subscription for PlayStation Plus called Ubisoft Plus Classics. Uh, Ubisoft Plus Classics on PlayStation is a curated selection of popular games, including top-selling Assassin's Creed Valhalla, The Division, and For Honor, as well as beloved classic games like Child of Light, Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon, Watch Dogs, Werewolves Within, and more. The Ubisoft Plus Classics catalogs um, for PlayStation Plus will launch with 27 titles and will grow to 50 by the end of 2022. Check out the full list of day one games below, and I believe... These are, oh, these actually are not all the ones that we mentioned uh, above, so we're going to read them again. Assassin's Creed Valhalla for Honor, The Crew 2, Child of Light, Eagle Flight, Far Cry 3, uh, Blood Dragon, Far Cry 3 Remastered, Far Cry 4, Legendary Fishing, Risk, Urban Assault, South Park Fractured Butthole, South, South Park The Stick of Truth, Space Junkies, Star Trek Bridge Crew, Starlink Battle of Atlas, Steep, The Crew, The Division, Trackmania Turbo, Transference, Trials Fusion, Trials of the Blood Dragon Game, Trials Rising, Valiant Hearts, The Great War, Watch Dogs, Werewolves Within, and Zombie. With Ubisoft Plus Classics, we're providing PlayStation players with another way to enjoy Ubisoft games on their consoles, said Chris Early, Ubisoft's Senior Vice President of Partnerships. Quote, this is just the beginning, as we will um, ultimately make Ubisoft Plus available to PlayStation owners as we continue to build our vision and provide players with more options to access their favorite games wherever they are, end quote. Ubisoft Plus will launch bundled with the PlayStation Plus Extra or PlayStation Plus Premium subscription tiers on May 24th in Asia, June 2nd in Japan, and June 13th in North and South America, and June 23rd in Europe. For more details, okay, and then it just tells you where to go for their websites and everything, but that is pretty freaking cool that we're seeing them make this deal, that we're seeing Ubisoft's stretch out and you know try to get acclimated with more people and try to show them hey listen we want to do business with you we want to keep this going and we want to um get our subscription plan or not a yeah our, our subscription service on more platforms and we already heard them trying to do this with xbox and now we obviously see a confirmation of it happening with playstation right now so this is really cool to see it's really cool that we are actually going to get the entire ubisoft plus you know right now it's just ubisoft Pla uh, plus classics, what they're calling it, but it's really cool to know and to think that we are getting the entire Ubisoft Plus catalog with their brand new releases day and date with this subscription plan, as long as you're on extra or premium tier. That's really cool. And again, it's adding more of that value that we're looking for on these different tiers. So uh, let's move on to the classic ca games catalog. So he writes, PlayStation Plus Premium Deluxe members will have selection of popular classic games to play with some titles that will show improved frame rates and higher quality resolution compared to their original launch versions. For select original PlayStation and PSP classic games, members will also enjoy a new user interface with menus that allow you to save your game at any time or even rewind the game if you want to a do-over. So let's kind of go over those classic games here real quick. We've got PlayStation Studios. Or these are the ones from PlayStation Studios here. And these are classic games that are the original PlayStation and PSP games. So we've got Ape Escape, Hot Shots Golf, IQ Intelligent Cube, Jumping Flash, Siphon Filter, and Super Stardust Portable. So uh, I, out of this list... I'm going for Siphon Filter, man. Like, I, I am, I've heard a lot of good things for Siphon Filter, so I, I want to see what all the buzz is about. I've never, ever played this game on my uh, PS1, so 
I want to see what this is about. So I, I'm thinking I'm going to be trying that out. Probably one of the first things after Demon Souls I try out is going to be Siphon Filter. Because that's the only thing I've really been thinking about is, uh, you know, from the classic list is Siphon Filter. Because that's the one that rings the bell. I do maybe Dark Cloud. Dark Cloud's coming up here um, in a little bit um, down below. But we have the third-party partners. Again, these are original PSP and um, PlayStation. But I've got Mr. Driller, Tekken 2, Worms World Party, and Worms, Worms Armageddon. Okay, so now we're going to move over to the remastered classic games. So we've got PlayStation Studio ones are Ape Escape 2, Ark the Lad, Twilight of the Spirits, Dark Cloud, Dark Cloud 2, Fantavision, Hot Shots Tennis, Jack 2, Jack 3, Jack X Combat Racing, and Jack and Daxter, the Precursor Legacy, Rogue Galaxy, Siren, and Wild Arms 3. So, uh, you know, again, this, this, is, this could be... A little better you know we've got like five jack and daxter games no just four. First jack is a little weird you know not weird but it's just like based on the other games like it just seems out of place you know like it just it feels like they were going one route with the first one and then realized well if we want this to be a series we've got to take it in a different direction because i think they were maybe treading too close to ratchet and clank maybe maybe that's the case because it did, it did feel real Ratchet and Clank-esque, you know? Uh, it just with the world uh, world design and just kind of how you go about doing things. Just, it felt a little bit, you know. But 2 definitely branched out and be, it really became its own. So I'm thinking that might have been the case there. I also might be trying out Siren. I also might be trying out Siren and maybe Rogue Galaxy. Because I've heard, I've heard good things about both. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But then again... We've got the third-party partners, again. So, Bioshock Remastered, Borderlands, The Handsome Collection, Bulletstorm, Full Clip Edition, I've got that one on the Switch, Kingdoms of Amalar, Re-Reckoning, and Lego Harry Potter Collection. Oh, boy. That one right there, I honestly might be going back to. I, I, I for real, might be going back to that one. But, you know, uh, again, I have Bulletstorm on the Switch, so... I don't really need, you know, to play it on the PlayStation because then I'm just going to see how much better it looks on the PlayStation. I don't want to do that. Um, Bioshock Remastered, I believe I have that one already in my collection, so no need to really try that one out as of right now. And uh, Borderlands is phew, Borderlands is just not for me. I've, I've tried all of them. I, I, I have owned the Borderlands Handsome Collection once before, and just not for me, guys. Just not not for me. I don't know why. I've tried it. I don't know. Anyway, so we've got the list of the original PS3 games. So again, we're just going to skip over what what they're talking about again, just because they're giving us just brief overview of what it is. Most of these games are going to be streamed for now. Again, obviously, if you if um, your area is able to do that, uh, but most of these PS3 games are going to be streamed. I believe they are working on trying to get a download feature in there but it will not be at launch and don't hold your breath even if it is even if they do um you know down the road i you know who knows what's gonna happen but we've got these are again playstation studio games we've got crash commando demon souls for the ps3 that's weird that they put demon souls for the ps3 as well as the ps5 remake but i digress um echo chrome hot shots golf out of bounds and hot shots golf world invitational ico infamous Infamous 2 and Infamous Festival of Blood, Loco Roco, Corecho, Cocorecho, sorry, Motorstorm, Ap Apocalypse, Motorstorm RC, Puppeteer, Rain, 
Ratchet and Clank Quest for, Bo uh, Quest for Booty, Ratchet and Clank A Crack in Time, and Ratchet and Clank Into the Nexus, Resistance 3, Super Stardust HD, Tokyo Jungle, and When Vikings Attack. Now, the third party games that will be coming are Asura's Wrath, Castlevania Lords of Shadows 2, Devil May Cry HD Collection, Enslaved, Odyssey of the West, Fear, Lost Planet 2, Ninja Gaiden Sigma 2, and Red Dead Redemption Undead Nightmare. So they start to discuss as well the limited time trials and everything like that. And I mean, to be honest, guys, this is kind of, you know, I, I mean, even what they started with, you know, you get you get one for Uncharted Legacy of Thieves collection for the PS5 and Horizon Forbidden West. And then I will say, you know, I will say, as they say in here, the counter only counts while you're actually playing the game. So you don't have to worry about, you know, if you've got to walk away from it, the counter's still going. You don't have to worry about that. Um, but they do have that in here. Um, some of the third-party games that they'll have it for as well are going to be Cyberpunk 2077. For some reason, Farming Simulator 2022. Don't know why for Farming Simulator. they Like, out of the four that they're going to have for third-party that they're going to list here, they put Farming Simulator next to Tiny Tina's Wonderland and WWE 2K22 and Cyberpunk. But, again, I digress. Um, so... This is where this is where it gets a little interesting here. So they go on to talk about how games are going to be added each month. So say new games added regularly. It says the games available in our PlayStation Plus games catalog will continue to refresh and evolve over time. So there is always something new to play. PlayStation Plus Essential says a monthly refresh will occur on the first Tuesday of the month for PlayStation Plus Essential plan and both higher tiers with new PS4 and PS5 games added to the service. Same as what PlayStation Plus members get today. So that's how they're doing it. So those two those two games that get added, they're really just going to get added to the service. But because you can download it, I mean, like, the service is basically what it is now. But it's just a constant rotating. It's constantly rotating at this point now. It, it, that's, that's basically what it is. So I guess those specific games... Will those games be rotated out? That's really the question that we have that that we ask. Because again, it doesn't necessarily say that they're not. It just says that they're going to be added to the service. But we know that this service is going to be taking games. You know, it's going to be shuffling games in and out. So, are these games that get added for this level every? You know, the first Tuesday of the month, like we normally do, are those going to be a part of our library no matter what? As long as we have our subscription up, that's the question. But um, the next one we've got is PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium Level. So an additional monthly refresh will occur in the middle of each month with new games across PlayStation Plus Extra and Premium. Uh, the number of games refreshed will vary per month. So uh, that's basically where we've got, man. That's all the info that we, the info dump that we got on the 16th. Um, really cool stuff here, man. I'm not going to lie. Like, I... I just can't wait for this to start. That's really where I'm at. I just want June 13th to get here so I can really just start just browsing, you know, just browsing around, seeing what is there and what is actually, you know, what is going to gravitate towards me and, you know, see what I can get out of this because that's all we're, you know, that's all we're all going to be looking for. What can I get out of this service to make it, you know, beneficial for me? And the, the reality is there's nothing I have to do you know, to get to the premium because I've already, I've already done it basically. You know, I've got PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now. So I'm just waiting, I'm just waiting with bated breath to see this new service because I'm already going to be at the highest tier. So that's really where I'm at. I've, I'm, I'm already, you know, I, I'm, they've already done enough for me realistically in my head because I don't have to do anything. It's just going to happen automatically and then I can start browsing this stuff. So in a sense, this year for, for me, it's already worth it because I don't have to do anything. But 
I'm curious to see how this progresses. I'm curious to see, you know, the other 25 games that get added from this Ubisoft Plus Classics, you know, thing that they're doing. I'm excited to see what those other games are going to be. Because, again, having Ubisoft a part of this subscription service is really cool and really cool to announce right now, like at, you know, um, we're about a month out, you know, oh shoot, no, we're not about a month out, we're a couple weeks out, but it's really cool to see that they're making these moves, well, I guess when this was posted, we're about a month out, at least here for the States, but either way, I am getting very, very pumped and very excited to, again, start getting my hands in this service, start browsing, start seeing what is available, and again, seeing what I gravitate towards. Again, Demon's Souls is up there, like, that is definitely a game that I'm going to make room for, and see what I can, you know, what I can do and how far I can get in that game, because that's going to be the determining, determining factor. If I can understand, if I can understand Blood, or Bloodborne, if I can understand Demon's Souls and get through some of it and not have it be a grueling pain, I might be able to muster up the courage to get Elden Ring. That's the truth. So I've got to try. I've got to try. And that's where, that's really where my head's at right now. So I'm hoping that this, uh, that, you know, the sentiment of this is, listen, it's not going to be the best right off the bat, like, but this is a good step in the right direction, right? It's a good step for PlayStation to take right now uh, with this service plan, because obviously it's all been convoluted for years now. Like, this should have happened a long time ago. This is a long time coming. So that's why it's really not being marketed like everybody wants it to be. It's just because this is just, you know, it's, it's something that should have already been done. And they don't want it to make it seem like, oh, we're doing this because Game Pass is, you know, is catching fire. And I'm not saying catching fire. It's like it's getting some some wind behind it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's getting more prevalent in gamers' minds. And obviously that is why that's what kind of put, the, put them, you know, on the track to do this in a sense. But this is something that already should have been done is my, is my point. And that's why you see them kind of just like, look, it's something that's going to happen. It's something that should have happened. Here it is. So it's not going to be as glamorous as we want it to be, but it's something that needs to happen. So here we are. But let's move over to our next Holocron, guys. And we're going to be discussing the sales of Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga. So this is over from Kotaku, and this is from Zach Swizen. So he's, he gets, uh, the title is, Lego Star Wars becomes first non-Nintendo game to top Switch charts in over a year. He writes, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga did something very few games have done over the last few years. It topped April's NPD Switch sales chart, becoming the first non-Nintendo published game to do so in over a year. And Skywalker Saga not only topped the Switch sales charts last month, but the charts for of all other consoles too, according to the latest NPD data. According to the NPT data shared today, first spotted by GameSpot, the latest family-friendly LEGO adventure from TT Games was the best-selling game in April, even beating Elden Ring, which is right behind it at number two. It should be noted that Elden Ring is also selling very well, even outselling Call of Duty. As mentioned, Skywalker Saga was also the top-selling game on all of the platforms the NPD monitors, which include Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch. It in snagging the top of the Switch sales charts for April is a big deal, as Nintendo-published games almost always led the NPD Switch charts. A non-Nintendo title grabbing the top spot is not a common occurrence. The last third-party game to accomplish this feat was Monster Hunter Rise in March 2021. This happens so rarely that I had to dig back quite a lot to find another instance of a non-Nintendo title topping the chart. 
In fact, the last time it happened was all the way back in April 2019 with the release of Mortal Kombat 11 on Switch. If history is any indicator, it's likely that Skywalker Saga's time at the top will be fleeting, as non-Nintendo titles rarely repeat this feat two months in a row. This is yet another example of how important exclusive games are to Nintendo and its consoles, which probably helps explain why the company has so many bangers lined up for a later or lined up for later this year. That's particularly so in comparison to the other consoles, which seem to keep having big exclusive delayed these days. Alright guys, so realistically here, what we're seeing is Lego Skywalker taken over. Taken over April. Will we see it take over May? Probably not. But it's still cool to see. It's still cool to see that this little game that could is making this much move or is making this many moves and is moving this many copies. That's really what I'm saying here. And to think that, you know, not only did it top Elden Ring this month. Again, didn't Elden Ring didn't come out this month. People who were who've gotten it, who wanted it, already got it. So I get it. But still, it beat Elden Ring this month. Elden Ring coming in number two, and not this month, but in April. They not only topped Elden Ring, but they topped every Nintendo. Uh, what is it? Nintendo published game for that month on Nintendo. That, like the article said, does not happen. It doesn't. Like. Literally, Mario Kart 8 has been the best-selling game on Nintendo since the Nintendo came out. They still bundle that game with their new consoles. They still market the console, the Nintendo Switch, with that game to this day, five years after launch. Like, the game is hot, and it beat that game. You know, and it's and that game is getting new um, new packs new packs every month with the with the Nintendo online system or with the expansion pack. So, like I need to go buy that game for my Switch so then I can go when, whenever I buy that game and whenever I get um Splatoon 2, I think is when I'm going to well, I might not do Splatoon 2. I might jump right into Splatoon 3. I talked about that. So, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. But either way, I do need to get Mario Kart. So, whenever I get Mario Kart is for sure what I'm going to upgrade myself to the expansion pass so I can get all of those extra goodies and stuff. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with it, man. Like, this is this is awesome. Like, this is crazy to hear that they outsold every Nintendo-based game or Nintendo-published uh, game. Like, that's crazy. And that doesn't happen. And the fact that it was a Lego, a Lego game at one, a Star Wars game too, baby. Come on, man. Like, this is awesome. And not only play, not only the Switch, but on Xbox and PlayStation 2. On Xbox and PlayStation 2, I'm a part of that. I'm a part of that statistic. And shoot, I was almost part of the Switch statistic because I like this game so much, I almost bought it on both on both systems. Now, I did put the game at number one. I put it right to number one because of the way it made me feel. It made me feel, you know, reminded me of the time that I played it with uh, my buddy Brandon. But unfortunately, I, I don't think it can be my number one for long. I might have to move it down the list because I've fallen off. I haven't fallen off completely, but it's just there are other things that I want to play right now. And a Lego game is not really itching it. And that's really where it's at. Like, I, I, I do love the game. And I, lo I, I love it to death. But it's just not, it's not itching the scratch, scratching the itch that I want, you know? So, and Dying Light did. That's the reality of it. Dying Light is that game that did. And I, it might have been me getting burnt out because of me being a collector. And I just, 
I want to keep getting all of the coins. It could be that. And I just maybe uh, drug out too many parts of the game. I feel like that could have been it, which has kind of got me burnt out on it. But I'm, I'm giving it a little bit of a break for now. But the reality of it is, you know, I didn't feel that way with Horizon Forbidden West. And I've had to really sit here and think about that. I'm like, you know, Horizon Forbidden West came out and it knocked me off of everything. It knocked me off clean off of everything. Off of Dying Light 2, off of everything else that I was playing right then. It knocked me off of everything. So I I can't not keep that game at number one, at least not right now. Like that game has a special place in my heart because of that. I still need to go back and platinum that game and I will be. That's why, again, I, I kind of really want to get Dying Light 2 out of the way because this might be the time. This might be the time to go back to uh, Horizon Forbidden West and try to get that platinum. So especially with me being so close to Dying Light 2. But either way, I digress again. Um, I'm super excited about this, about this news of how well Skywalker Saga has been doing, but we are going to have to wait and see just how, you know, how well the sales are going to progress going forward. Because realistically, you know, they could fall off this month. And that's probably the reality of the situation is that they are going to fall off this month on all the consoles. And that's fine, but... To see that April was a big win for them, that's a plus. And that means that, you know, do we... I don't think we'll see another Star Wars Lego game, you know, anytime soon. I don't know what they would do. Maybe with the newer... Maybe with the movies? Maybe they... Not the movies. With the shows they could do. They could do a uh, Lego Mandalorian. I don't know if they would want to do that. But that's something that they could think about. You know, if they want to capitalize on the Star Wars universe in the Lego space still. But... You know, we'll have to wait and see kind of what TT Games wants to do. I'm sure they're going to be on the next project and the, ne the next tie-in. But hopefully, it's as good as this one was. And hopefully, we can see another success story from them. But let's move over, guys, to our next Holocron of the night. And this one, again, as I said at the top of the show, we're going to be talking about how Xbox outsold PlayStation in Japan last week. So, this was on May 19th. And this is from Jordan Midler over at VGC. Um, but he writes, for the first time in eight years, Xbox outsold PlayStation in Japan last week. So, he goes, According to sales data published by Famitsu, the Xbox Series S, on its own, not including Series X, sold 6,120 units, whereas the PS5 and PS5 Digital Edition sold a combined 2,693 units. Um, for comparison, last week the PlayStation 5 sold 49,798 units whereas the Xbox Series S sold 10,000, which appears to suggest that, like in many other uh, parts of the world, the sales fluctuation is due to the availability of the consoles. Similar similarly, the Xbox Series X sold 3,508 units last week, compared to only 105 this week. So, this milestone is notable due to Xbox Family's um, famously soft sales figures across the generations in Japan. According to a recent report, as of February, only 2.3 million Xbox consoles had been sold in Japan across all generations since the original console came to the country 20 years ago. The vast majority of, their, of these were Xbox 360 sales, of which were 1,616,128. As pointed out by Game Data Library, um, Xbox hasn't outsold PlayStation since the launch of the Xbox One in 2014. Since the inception of the Xbox brand, it has outsold PlayStation fewer than 10 times. While the PlayStation 5 got off to a great start in Japan, even selling 1 million units faster than the massively successful PlayStation 4, 
inconsistency of stock and dominance of the, the Nintendo Switch has seen Sony fall to a firm second place in the market. As of the start of March, the various Xbox consoles and, um, had sold the following number of units. Xbox, 472,992. Xbox 360, 1,616,128. Xbox One, 114,831. And Xbox Series X and S, 142,024. In context, Xbox console sales are tiny compared to the other platforms in the Japanese market. PS5 has already sold over 1 million units in the country, and Switch has cleared 20 million. However, given Xbox's historical poor market performance in Japan, Series X and S are off to a more positive start in a country where Xbox has typically struggled. Microsoft has made renewed efforts to Japan with its most recent console launch. Xbox Series X and S launched day and date with other territories last November, compared to a year later with its previous console, and Xbox boss Phil Spencer has said it intends to better cater to Japanese players this console generation. Uh, in the months after it launched, Xbox Game Pass for both console and PC in Japan in April 2020. Uh, Xbox saw more player activity than in any time in its history in Japan, Spencer has previously claimed. Uh, following Microsoft's acquisition of Bethesda last year, Spencer also called the acquisition of Tango Gameworks as part of the deal a great step uh, towards achieving Xbox's ambitions in Japan. Alright guys, so again, this is not the biggest deal. You know, it was they, they beat them in sales for a week, but it's the first sign that they are again getting a, a better foothold in Japan. And you know, with Phil Spencer helming this launch of the the new the their next gen console, I do believe that this is the reason that we are like that, and that you know things are shaping up to be like this because you know, in actuality, this is the kind of stuff that you want to see. You want to see them cater more towards you know the Japanese market. If they don't, then how are they going to get a better foothold? And obviously, the Japanese gaming market is huge. So you want to, Xbox to thrive there, just like Nintendo and just like um, PlayStation has been. Those are, those are their competition. So you want them to do well over there across the, you know, across the sea. But unfortunately, they like the article said, they have historically had just trouble. In the last 20 years, they have never been able to get a strong enough foothold over there. This is the first sign of that. This is the first sign. And to have, again, Phil Spencer being at the forefront, him saying that, making that comment about Tango Gameworks being a good step for them and, you know, building a relationship with the Japanese market is awesome because he's taking note and he's taking these different cues. He is visualizing and he is seeing the situation that they're in. And he understands that, you know, we need to do more for our Japanese gamers and we need to do better and we need to, we need to do right by them. So, to see that he understands that and he is aware that, you know, Xbox has not really been catering to their Japanese market in the past and he wants to change that. That's, I think, why we're seeing the Japanese market, you know, kind of change their tune and start to, you know, purchase these consoles. Again, too, obviously, we've got the chip shortage. It's very hard to find PlayStation 5s because they're all, both of their consoles take the same chip and those chips are not easy to come by. So, Obviously, their consoles are not as, you know, readily available as the the Xbox's or as Microsoft's consoles. So there is that as a factor, but I do think, you know, the majority of it is the goodwill that Phil Spencer has been putting out there for the Japanese market because 
this is, you know, what he wants, and this is is how he thinks the company should be and um, he wants to reach the world and wants to reach all gamers that he can and we're doing he's doing that by you know doing uh, the cloud streaming cloud streaming is going to be one of the biggest additions to gaming ever realistically like you're going to be able to play games over a cloud like that's awesome like on your phone on your phone you're able to do it now and i'm saying now it's in beta but what about when it's like you know we're five years down the road and they've had more time to fine-tune that it's going to just be an as simple as touching the app picking the game and you're there you're going you're going and like it's going to be just as seamless as it would be on not nah, okay let me walk the back it's not gonna be as seamless as it would be on a console but it's going to it's going to run properly and there's not going to be any hitching. And there's barely any hitching now on the cloud streaming with Xbox. So you see them making these moves. They're going to, you know, start getting more people looking at them. And start getting more people, like, trying to boost them up. And I, I'm thinking that the Japanese market is kind of getting more towards that. Because they're seeing that, you know, these different changes that are happening. And they're seeing that, you know, their uh, Microsoft and Phil, realistically, are trying to get that goodwill with them. So... I'm very excited to see this. I'm very happy to, you know, see and hear that Xbox is trying to do this and is trying to move forward and be a part of the Japanese market in that way. Um, but let's discuss the last holocron of the night, guys. We are going over and going back to Kotaku for to end us this night. This was on Friday by Ethan Gack. He writes, report EA looking to sell or merge. The video game market is consolidating like never before, and Electronic Arts is scrambling like everyone else. The Battlefield and FIFA maker recently pursued a merger with NBC Universal and also held potential acquisition talks with Disney, Apple, and other companies, according to a new report by Puck. While a deal isn't currently in the works, it doesn't sound like EA plans to give up anytime soon. Quote, in recent years, as media companies have taken greater interest in the rapidly growing gaming industry, Wilson and Electronic Arts have held talks with a number of different potential suitors, including Disney, Apple, and Amazon. Sources like uh, or sources with knowledge of those talks told me, end quote, wrote Puck's veteran media reporter, Dylan Bayers, quote, several sources familiar with these talks say EA has been persistent in pursuing a sale and has has only grown more emboldened in the wake of the Microsoft Activision deal. Others say that EA is primarily interested in a merger arrangement that would allow Wilson to remain as chief executive of the combined company. End quote. But it was apparently a deal with NBC Universal that got the farthest long, or along. According to Bayer's, Comcast CEO Brian Roberts was looking to spin off the entertainment conglomerate into a separate entity with EA with one version of the deal leaving current EA CEO Andrew Wilson in charge of the new mega-business. Negotiations eventually fell apart over price, however. Quote, We don't comment on rumors and speculation relating to M&A, EA um, spokesperson John Roseberg told Kotaku in a statement. We are proud to be operating from a position of strength and growth, with a portfolio of amazing games built around powerful IP made by incredibly talented teams and a network of more than half a billion players. We see a very bright future ahead, end quote. 
Over the past year, there's been a frenzy of video game studio acquisitions, one that was sent into overdrive in January after Grand Theft Auto publisher Take-Two announced it was buying Zynga for $12.7 billion, and Microsoft announced it was planning to buy Call of Duty maker Activision Blizzard for $69 billion. Sony followed weeks later with a deal to buy the studio behind Destiny 2, Bun uh, Destiny 2 Bungie for $3.6 billion a price some analysts considered massively inflated and possibly a sign of a new mad rush to consolidate among the gaming industry's biggest players. In an earnings call in February, Andrew Wilson implied the company was focused on making acquisitions rather than being acquired. As evidence, EA spent $5 billion over the last year buying up studios in to increase its size, but now it appears the publisher has been aggressively pursuing other ways of scaling up. Bayer's reports that Wilson approached Disney as recently as March in, uh, quote, in pursuit of what sources described as a more meaningful relationship than licensing deals, end quote. This news comes as EA has lost or abandoned some of its biggest existing licensing deals, while the publisher recently revealed three new Star Wars games currently in production, including a new Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order that's rumored to release early in 2023. Its exclusively deal or its exclusivity deal with Disney for the Star Wars license isn't going to be renewed when it's ex when it expires in 2023. That's allowed competitors like Quantic Dream and Ubisoft to announce their own big Star Wars projects. EA also revealed last week that it's ending its similar 10-year exclusivity deal with FIFA and beginning in 2023 will rebrand its blockbuster soccer franchise EA Sports FC. Whatever EA's future holds, one big concern with consolidation is how it will ultimately impact employees at these companies. Even as EA's reportedly or reported another profitable year, Kotaku recently learned that an estimated 200 customer service staff are being laid off. According to four of the impacted employees, their work is being outsourced to cheaper third-party vendors in Romania and India. Comcast, Disney, and Apple did not immediately respond to a request for comment. All right, guys. So that's kind of where we're sitting at with all of this. You know, it's just, it doesn't, it feels like they've got, like, they're coming, you know, like something's coming. And obviously, they've been talking, and they might always be talking. That's the thing. Companies are always shifting. They're always trying to see what is going to be most beneficial to them. The fact that we're seeing, like, oh, this might be a merger situation, well, yeah, like, maybe it is, but maybe these are just talks that are happening. Maybe these are just, you know, things that are just kind of out there, you know, not nothing set in stone, nothing may ever get set in stone, because in the grand scheme of things, EA is very profitable, right? Like, they, they really are. And just because they're losing the Star Wars deal doesn't mean they can't do Star Wars games still, right? They're still going to be able to make the Star Wars games that they want to. Just because they don't have FIFA attached to their game, they still have the developers who made the FIFA game, who are going to continue to make the FIFA game. Now, EA Sports FC, okay, a little, I don't know, it's a weird name. Not even weird, it's just boring, but, you know, when you're going from uh, FIFA 20, you know, whatever the year is, but FIFA to... EA Sports FC. Yeah. It's just like, okay, guys, like, yeah, there's there's no passion there, but okay. And, I mean, realistically, that's it. EA doesn't really have a lot of passion, you know, in, in there. Um, oh, I'm blanking on the developer name. Gosh darn it. It'll come to me after I'm done recording. 
Uh, Respawn, there we go. They they have passion. Everybody there has passion. You know, they're very passionate about the games that they're uh, putting out there. Titanfall was fantastic. Uh, I've played a little bit of Apex, not too much, but obviously Titanfall 2 as well. And realistically, the Titanfall universe is just amazing, and it's so well-crafted that I really want to see a Titanfall 3, in my opinion, but who knows if we're going to see that, because they're, you know, they, they've kind of had to shift their, their mindset and their, you know, developing timeline so you know we'll have to see wait and see what happens with that and how they kind of if they even can change and do something else and pivot but um you know to see this happening you know if if they do merge it is what it is I don't really I, I I'm not gonna hold my breath on this though I don't think that this is anything that's gonna happen anytime soon you know I don't think we'll hear anything about this this year realistically just because, you know, yeah, they're, again, they're losing these different things, but we knew this was going to happen. Like, for years, we've known that they don't give a crap about Star Wars and that they were going to, there's no way Disney would sign another license. And that was before they started, uh, well, it wasn't before, because it was, well, I mean, yeah, it was before they, you know, like, they signed this deal before they started um, making these new movies. I mean, I say it wasn't before because they already had intent to make these movies, Disney did, but the announcement came, I mean, it was back in 2013, we didn't get, um, Force Awakens until, I 2014, 2015, I don't remember what year it came out, but it was one of those two years that we got that movie, and I think it was 2015, if I'm not mistaken, ooh, I don't know, but I think it was 2015, either way, like, obviously in production, they obviously knew what they were doing, but they still didn't, you know, it was before then, so nobody really knew, what was going to come of this, and nothing really did come of it, so that's the real thing, but Star Wars was not as hot as it was when they got the deal as it is now, so obviously, a lot of these companies are going to want to get their hands on this, so it is what it is, EA lost it, but I don't think this is the end of the road for EA, I I think, you know, if we're picking one of the two, though, one of the two options, either a sell or a merge, I do think it's going to be a merger, I, I think that that would be the case, I don't think that they would want to, you know, try to sell. Again, they say the Andrew Wilson guy, he wants to, he's the CEO. He wants to uh, be a part of the business, even if it, you know, gets bought or gets merged together with a bigger company. He wants to still be able to operate the EA side of things still. So we'll have to wait and see what comes of this. If anything comes of this, you know, again, talks have happened, but have they really you know what i mean we'll have to wait and see but guys i think this is where we're gonna land for the night i appreciate you again for joining me on episode 15 of the jmr podcast remember you can follow me on twitter at jedi master ren remember the r in ren is the same r for master and as always may the force be with you